It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 122. We're closing out our new rider series tonight. Bring in the big topic with the heavy hitters. Finding your community. I don't know if John's been riding around the world or to the moon, but we'll find out shortly. And we'll start with Brother Hogan. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing? We had some snow flurries, but it was 65 today. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Man, I got up this morning. It was 35. Three degrees, and I was like, "Oh, this ain't right." <laughs> Poor baby. Yeah, it warmed up to about sixty-seven, so I went out and played golf. Nice. Did you ride? Tell me you rode. I rode uh, three days ago. Did about one hundred and fifty miles. Okay, so that counts. Okay. Well, you got to catch up with Aaron. He put you to shame last week with his chieftain. Oh, I know. Mileage wise, same year bike, ten thousand more miles. I think he. What he was saying. Don't you worry. I'll catch up with him eventually. All right. Beverage? Yes? No? Well, I'm drinking high octane tonight. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. It's liquid cold ice water. Liquid cold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, got, uh, I drank some wine last night with my dinner, and it upset my stomach for the last two, day and a half now. I'm just not right. Okay. Yeah. You need some vinegar and baking soda. That's what I need, bro. That's what I need. All right, Johnny John, you riding fool? You drinking something? I hope. Of course, oh, I'm oh. always drinking. I'm always drinking. Um, it's a it's a steel container with a plastic lid. <sighs> yep. All good. He's not gonna say. He's gonna leave me hanging. Kool Aid. Gin and juice. You got it. All right. Well, I guess I have the only beer then. Yeah, what do you got for beer tonight? Is it in the can? Well, funds are tight, so I went to Trader Joe's and I got a house brand. This is, I believe it's Boatswain, American IPA, in a can, but I already opened it earlier, so. But I will take a sip anyway. Very good, very good. All right, fellas, enjoy. You as well, sir. You and well. Well, let's bring in our, our guests for tonight. And... This was one of the first names that came to my list as we started thinking about closing down our new rider series and talking about community. I thought about, well, who runs a pretty large community and also does some podcasting? So we reached out to Liza Miller, who does Motorcycles and Misfits podcasts and runs the Recycle Garage from sunny Santa Cruz, California. Liza, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Now, do you tap partake in our beverage shenanigans? Oh, here. I got mine going right here. Oh, hear that top screwing off. Yep. Got my nice Diet Coke. Awesome. That's, that's my poison. Woo-hoo. Well, you're a step ahead. But I want you to know I'm, I'm hanging out on the wild side because I normally don't drink after 6 p.m. So, yeah, this is, this is for you guys. Very nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, now I got to know who was, who was your first choice? Um, I don't know who I had on the list as far you, as first. you were. Up. Yeah, you were first. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> we, well, that was a softball question. <laughs> actually, in, in terms of guests, we have a, a challenge with timing because we've sort of scheduled our entire week around nine o'clock Thursday. So trying to get people, especially on the East coast, trying to get people to stay up to like 11 is kind of a, a challenge. <laughs> so, but we appreciate it. And on the West coast, that helps. Yeah. I'm glad that worked out for you. So I would be surprised if most people on our show don't know about motorcycles and misfits, but give us a little primer on, you know, what the show's about, what you guys cover. And you've had some celebrities as well, so good time. Yeah, we've we've had some good luck with getting people in here. Um, the the background is for about ten years now. I've been running the Recycle Garage, which is a free co op garage space. That um, it's basically my garage that I open up on Sundays and let people come in and use the tools. And I, you know, I help teach them how to work on bikes. Um, what you know how to get the right gear, what are the cool movies to watch, basically mentoring in the community. Um, and from that, more and more people came in and stuck around and, and in turn started mentoring other people as well. And we've just built up a community. And as we'd be hanging out on Sundays, all these people would show up, some to work on bikes, some to help people work on bikes, some just to crack a beer and hang out, you know. Um, we were telling stories and and we thought, oh, wouldn't that be cool if we could just bottle this and share it with the world? <laughs> well, and that we came figured out podcast. how to. Nice. Exactly. And so that's, it just started out as the kind of um, stories we were sharing, you know, uh, crash stories, but also stories of like people in history. And, you know, you're talking about what's the best bike of the seventies and that kind of stuff. So um, we're in our fifth year on the podcast and it still is that we kind of talk about everything and a lot of it comes from what we want to learn or share mm -hmm. with everyone else. And I will yeah. say your the, the interviews that, that you all run are, are very conversational, I guess, kind of like the way we like to do it. But the, the most recent gentleman you had on with the bike rental program, which is sort of like yes. Airbnb for, for bikes forget the name apologize but austin from twistedroad.com twisted road that's it but that was just a, a good example of sitting around keeping the conversation going it was a semi-interview but just the whole thing just flowed like a great conversation it was good to listen to we are um different from all the other shows in that we record with six to twelve people six is a small group we usually have ten to twelve people I've, so, I've seen uh, that. It looks like mildly controlled chaos. It's a shit show sometimes. Yeah, we'll, we'll admit that. <laughs> um, but, it, but it just, it creates that, that community, that same thing is happening out in the garage, that sense of community. Yeah. And people seem to enjoy that because it's a little more looser and free-flowing and it, I can't always control it. But then some nice surprises and fun come out of it. And um, yeah, it's our community. It's our personalities that come out and that's a lot of fun. And people have referred to the show as having a, a rotating cast of characters, which is true because that's exactly what happens in any sort of group. You get all sorts of different people coming through. So, you know, we may have somebody like Miss Emma, who's a very experienced uh, writer and a master mechanic, or we may have somebody who's a new writer like Micah, 
who's giving her perspective as a new rider. So we kind of cover it all. See, we got the right person for the community. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of the pecking order. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, well, let's, um, let's get right into it. And we have several differing viewpoints that we've discussed both on the show and outside the show. And of course, in the clubhouse with the other riders. And I guess we'll start with a little bit of solo riding. So I know everyone probably has done some solo riding at some point, or maybe enjoy it as your preference. And there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is going to be about finding your community. And I want to put your in quotes, because it really is the community that fits you, that resonates with you in terms of how you like to ride, the people you like to hang out with. And it's something that everyone will have to figure out for themselves. So we thought maybe we could get some some tips or some guidance, if you will, as to how to find that, you know, how you go about finding what, what suits you best. So I guess I'll start. I was, when I first started riding, I mostly rode with my buddy Robert and we sort of learned together, sort of riding the KLRs on road, off road, you know, took those bikes everywhere. So it was mostly solo riding or one other person. And I didn't do a lot of group rides until I started looking at getting a street bike, getting the Harley and then doing some, some bigger group rides at that point. Uh, but I would say I'm still to this day mostly a solo rider. The community that I find and enjoy is a small group, two, three people, maybe four, and meeting up somewhere after the ride. I think that's where I like the larger group. And we were talking in a pre-show with Liza about some trips that she's doing, and maybe the idea is you just set a destination, say, we're all going to meet here, and then we're going to hang out. And then, you know, and then take it from there. So. Now, Johnny has a different opposing, different opposing. Okay. John has the opposing view of more of a group ride. So talk a little bit, John, about how your group riding has evolved. Well, let me first step back and say that I did start out for about the first year riding by myself with small group Mm -hmm. and then eventually, you know, found a community to ride with. And I enjoy, you know, I, I kind of enjoy it. you know, two, three people is, is enjoyable to ride with. And I guess I look at it as the fact is that you're taking the, the ride with somebody. Like you would in the car, but it's kind of different. And when you get to the destination, you kind of talk about the ride and share everything and the experience that you had while riding. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's how I could go with that aspect. And yes, I've gone up to groups. I guess my first big group ride was... Uh, with Moto Amino that was uh, back in June of um, last year. We did the East Coast meetup, and I led a group out of Raleigh that was uh, six people. And then we got to uh, Concord. We stopped at Ride Now in Concord and picked up three more people. And so there was 10 of us that you know I led into downtown Charlotte. And yeah. it was very interesting. Um, ride um going back and thinking about it because one of the people we were riding with had only 50 miles ridden and going through charlotte that was kind of interesting so that's sort of the first community is the virtual one because you you really started all that with moto amino for the most part yeah that 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 large group yeah but if you really go back to even the bigger group was the moto nobodies was the first big group i got with and riding with those guys the uh, video bloggers Yep, the video bloggers that we met with, and we have our podcast, as you can check it out. So. <laughs> Shameless plug, come on, MotoNobodies.com, John, say it. 
Well, I had to do it. Yes, yes, we do it for you. So, <laughs> um, so, so that's that's where if you want to talk about groups, that's probably one of the first ones. I mean, and then like we got together and ride and stuff. So, yeah. I enjoy the groups. I guess experience with somebody and the camaraderie, like you said, and then get going someplace and having eaten and hanging out is okay. A lot of fun. Now, now, Liza, obviously you have the the garage and people hanging out in person, but do you do a lot of social media or any apps that, that the group uses a lot for meetups and organizing things? That's a good question. There are announcements on Facebook. There's announcements of rides on our local forum, uh, Bay area riders forum barf. Um, but a lot of times it's also, it's us putting things out on there, but no, yeah, we also have clubs. So one of the nice things, um, we've become very connected to our community here in Northern California. So yeah, you have, you have club sponsored rides we participate in, you have things on, uh, Facebook groups that people announce, you have the forums that people announce, you have, we have, uh, different, um, like we have a couple museums and, you know, dealers that may post stuff. So because we're kind of connected to everyone, we always know everything that's going on. We have too many options now. It's crazy. <laughs> you got your thumb um, on the pulse, so to speak. Yeah. Well, we have a very good community here in Northern California. Um, but there's, yeah, there's always stuff going on. So how would a new person, what, what's the entry point, do you think, into that community? In in that that part of California, people do it socially through. Groups you know, or? going back, I you know I started riding young, and it was twenty five years I rode pretty much by myself. I had a handful of friends or roommates throughout that time who rode, but it was by myself. I mean, I did a cross country trip by myself. I went and toured in Mexico by myself. I never even thought of like taking someone else. I was just a solo rider. I did it for me. And it wasn't until I moved here to Santa Cruz that I really tapped into this, um, this pre-existing community, um, that has, it was club based, the Santa Cruz vampires. Um, but it extended beyond that. And I was introduced to more and more people. I was introduced to a lot of different groups. I had one, some friends that raced, um, club racing. So I was going to the tracks with them and hanging out and getting to know everyone doing track racing. Nice. That's a whole nother community. Yeah. Um, and then with the internet, now you start to have the forums and the Facebook groups, stuff like that. So it's expanded how easy it is to tap into what's going on. But it used to be, if you guys have been writing as long as I have, you'd go to your like to your local shop or coffee shop and somebody would post something or ha- put a postcard out on the table or dealerships, like you said. Yeah. Um, or bike nights. I remember, uh, going to, you know, bike nights like Tuesday night at the vortex in Atlanta. Is that, is that still happening, Rico? That's still there. Yes. it is. <laughs> yeah. So I used to go to bike night and you just hang out and meet all these other people and just talk about bikes, you know? Um, so things have certainly changed and made it a lot easier to meet people. There's so many different ways. I know that like, uh, is it like Yahoo groups? Mm-hmm. Like there's, 
There's a meetups so app that I've I found meet ups, groups. Yeah. Um, not to mention there's apps now, like um, an app like Reaver that you can use to meet people. So now there's so many ways to connect. It's really great. It was a lot harder before, yeah. but I, I also don't know that I was seeking it and I was perfectly happy. But the funny thing is I would, I, I don't know what I would do without the community I have now. Yeah. To go back and solo ride now, you would be, it'd be foreign to you. Well, no, I think I'd still prefer <laughs> at times you'd be like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Long distance solo. No. Um, yeah, the camaraderie, but for us, it's more than that because we're not just riding, we're wrenching mm -hmm. and we're attending events and, um, we're, you know, we're having barbecues. It's, it's really social, but the thing everyone says about what's great about the motorcycle community and the reason that our show is called Motorcycles and Misfits is our group that hangs out, you wouldn't put together on paper mm. and we have teenagers up to people in their 50s and 60s nice. and we're hanging out and watching movies and having barbecues and it's this one thing that that binds us love of motorcycling isn't that weird yeah well we have that even you know even in our show i know we may be dubbed as harley or v2n centric but when we start talking to listeners you know, supporters or just people that we meet, it's all over the map You know, people are riding everything and they're from all walks of life. It's really refreshing to see the community that's out there and it's all centered around the bike, which is cool. And, and exactly. talking about that real quick is going back to talking about stuff and what Elijah said about community. We had a, we went out to dinner Saturday night with, you know, Motomino group. There's people that came in, there was 21 of us, that joined up and it wasn't just riders. We had like family, like non-riders, like wives, extended and family, yeah, extended family came out. I mean, it was, you know, we went to a place and had 21 people. It was awesome. I mean, um, and that's what we try to do with our group is try to get others to come out, get the extended family to come out as well. It's not just about the riders. It's the family. And I, I think the whole point of this, because this is your new writer series, right? So, Or returning whole, writers, people that possibly are coming back after a long stint. The thing I can say for the people in our group who were new writers, regardless of what age they were, because we've had people, uh, let's take, for instance, uh, Jake. She was 15 when she came to us and we taught her to ride. But then her dad followed her into the garage. Oh, nice. And he was in his mid-40s before he threw his leg over a bike for the first time. And now he's completely immersed. So it doesn't matter what age or gender or anything. Um, but he, you know, Jim says all the time, he knows how fortunate he is to have this community because he's been fast-tracked through the learning. Right. And that is something that, yeah, I didn't have, I don't know how many years it took me to figure out how to get my CB750 up on the center stand. And that's one of the first things we teach kids here. Yeah, get, for you know? maintenance or, or just parking, yeah. There's certain things, you just need somebody to show you how to do it. So, I mean, I, I think the message is, it is having a community is really valuable and you should seek one out. And there's so many ways to find them now. There are communities for just women or 
there's communities, you name it, any group, there's a way to find people, you know, like you who ride, or it can be as broad as, you know, anyone on two wheels. There's a little bit of everything out there. Now, Rico, you've done a little bit of multiple transitions. You started in the sport bike arena and then, or actually, I guess you started on a Harley, transitioned to sport bikes, and now back to, you know, cruiser touring. Yeah. 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 And, you know, speaking of community, I think when, when, when I transitioned to sport bike, well, let's go back to, to the Harleys. I was, it was more like a solo thing. Maybe you, you had a group of four guys that you were hanging out with, you work with, and you all kind of rode around after work or whatever. But then I fell into the sport bike arena where this was in the 2000s to 2007, I guess. Uh, where, you know, everybody was riding sport bike, everybody was doing wheelies and doing crazy stuff, track days and so forth. So I was really immersed into that because there were so many people. And like you said, back then, there was no app that you can connect with people. There was no forums or anything, really. So it was just, you see a bunch of bikes, you go catch up with those bikes and you figure out where they're going, you know, Mm -hmm. and you ride with them. And then you, you know, make friends that way. And that's how it was. It kind of progressed. You finish your build. You find out who's doing what on what days. You go to those Quaker Steak and uh, Lube uh, bike nights and so forth. And it was cool. You know, everybody pull up in this huge, like, beehive of uh, <laughs> <Activity>. <laughs> a motorcycle, yeah. you know, in, into the into the parking lot. It was really cool. And just, you know, after the fact, we go out and cause trouble. And uh, that was, you know, being new to that was really exciting and, and learning how to do certain things, you know, on the bike. And it was, it was really a, a, a cool yep. thing to do, even though it was deadly at some times, but, uh, it was really exciting and, uh, really got my juices going. It gave me that, uh, drilling and that drilling and fix, um, every day, you know, because my brother was into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had multiple friends into it and we just all, all loved it and eventually you find a girlfriend or you find somebody <laughs> studying they, they fall off one by one you know and then you're back and, to riding by uh, yourself and then you're back yeah exactly so <laughs> you know uh, it's been a cool it's been a, a fun transition uh, for me yeah. uh, anyways uh in my in my bike riding experience yeah and to have you know i think the biggest thing for me is um and i advocate towards is people doing that that safety course in riding. Yeah. I think uh, you learn a lot of slow riding um, in how to maneuver your bike successfully because a lot of times friends will give you, you know, bad information a lot of the times um, um, and how to do certain things and they don't really give you, there we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the instructive um, uh, uh, aspect of, of, of uh, writing successfully um but you know you get through it you learn what you can and you pick up what you can but to have the community like Liza was saying it's really cool because you can go someplace like your shop and and just sit and learn watch people work on bikes talk about bikes you know really get immersed in it and you know before before that you know you really didn't have anything so it's really kind of cool to have it now i got a question for you sure since you've had a foot in both worlds, the sport bike community and the Harley community, what to you is the biggest difference between the two? Community-wise. Community-wise? Ah. 
Well, um, the lot of, a lot of the younger guys are riding sport bikes, and it's it's all about speed and loud and obnoxiousness. I think, <laughs> in a way, um, it's about taking the twisties. It's always finding the best twisties. You know, really grinding the twisties in your foot pegs and your knee pegs um, as much as you can, and 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 see who can get to the edge of the the sidewalls the, the most and who can wear down their wheels the most. Um, so I, I, I kind of got immersed in that and I was always looking for twisty who can hit the twisty the fastest and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I started to slow down when a lot of friends were just having mishaps, you know, you know, whether it be gravel, oncoming traffic, mm-hmm. you know, taking a turn too fast. And a lot of, right. a lot of my friends, you know, got injured. So I said, well, I, you know, I, I, in, in around that same time, I started getting serious with, with, with my wife now, and it really slowed me down and made me take a step back. And, and now, uh, I just, I wouldn't say you're slow, it's, but it, it's a different, it, bike. yeah, it would, yeah, it would slow, but, um, I guess now, you know, I've taken a step back, you know, it's about that freedom you have when you're on the bike. It's about you know, enjoying the experience, the sound of your bike, the wind in your face, the roar, the heat from the motor, you know, the whole thing, um, is still that still there in, in the, in the cruiser, but it's just more in a more slower pace. I can still carve it up on my Indian just as much as I would on my, on my sport bike, but not as fast. So would you, so, would you draw the I, line at age as a starting point? No, I don't know because there's a lot of older guys out there carving it up pretty good still too, and they're on sport bikes. Uh, uh, John was red riding with a guy on the CBR, uh, yeah, older John, and um, you know he's still carving it up. Yep. And um, so it's just you know what you're into at the moment because you know you can flip flop between the two and enjoy. I know a lot of the younger guys they look like oh man a, a cruiser really, oh man that's too slow blah blah blah. But they haven't gone they haven't gotten to the mature the mature stage yet i think in their experience of riding or riding any other bike because a lot of times these young guys are getting their, their first bike yeah. it's 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 a crotch racket or some sort you know so um, so traditionally which group has more douchebags harley riders or squid sport bike riders Oh, I think that's uh, a, yeah, I know, right? I think that's like that's peanut a, butter. Just, <laughs> it's uh, all in there. <laughs> Spread it I, out. I'll give you this much credit. I ride with the the Aptom with, like I said, that we talked about. Moto Amino is a lot of young guys, different ages. I mean, a lot of them are young. Um, there are some older ones. Yeah, it's a younger crowd. It's a more everyone that I have ridden with in the North Carolina group. And everyone I've met has been totally awesome. There has been one guy here last week that um, jumped in our chat because one of our guys jumped into their state chat and had a little conversation. And he was kind of a real big, I won't use the word, but yes. Um, it's going to be an E episode. Go ahead. Let it fly. He, he was an <laughs> asshole. He was actually an asshole. Oh, he, there you go. He, All right. he, he actually, you know. Uh, gave our guy crap because he thought he was spamming because kind of what's happening was um, in talking about community is there's a group of lady riders that are riding from Ohio down to Jacksonville, Florida, and they're coming through North Carolina and we're going to try to meet up and escort them through North Carolina. You know, um, it is kind of meet up. Hey, welcome. Top you through North Carolina, ride with you for a little bit and depart. And one of our guys went up to 
the state that they're coming from Ohio and said something. And one of the guys was a real a-hole about it. And you go back and he's like, Oh, he came in our chat and all this <laughs> other stuff. So it was just like, he thought we were spamming. It's like, no, we're not spamming. We're just, you know, informing you of this stuff. Yeah. So, but I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of douchebags to go around and exactly. I'm That's go- the point. There's yeah. douchebags to go around. I'm going yeah. the other way now. I've, I've ridden the, my Harley for over 10 years and my KLR prior to that. So now I'm going into the sport bike world, albeit mostly on the track, but I am going in that direction. So, and just the people, not that I've ridden that much, but the people that I've communicated with, like John says on Moto Amino and the few I've met up with on the West coast, you know, it's fine. Same group. It's almost like the same group of people. We're just on different bikes. I mean, let's take an example. I mean, you, you talk about like, uh, Rico said, the guy that's on the CBR 1000, he's 52 years old, been riding for 40 years. Yeah. And he loves the CBR 1000. He has a bunch of back issues. And the reason is he, he actually, when he gets back starts hurting, he lays on a tank. Yeah. Um, if he gets on a cruiser and all his back issues, it just jostles his back where he can't ride. Yeah. And then we'll even take another thing of ape that's, you know, on the Perilla. He does track days and he's up in this late forties, I think, I think he's in the late forties. So it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And it, the camaraderie is the same. So I told the story when I was in San Diego that I rented an FZ 9 for the weekend and I was not used to the lane splitting. So I was just riding along in my own lane and a couple of sport bikes came up next to me and they just waved me on and they just, they led me through the traffic that was kind of at a standstill. So it was like instant camaraderie. I didn't know these guys, never met them, probably never see them again, but it didn't matter. We were all on bikes going in the same direction. So you get kind of these little pop-up communities too, as you go. One thing I would like to say though, about, you know, newer riders, uh, a common misconception, it doesn't matter what community you're coming into. Um, I think there's a misconception that you have to wear the right gear or have the right bike to be considered cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And that drives me nuts. You know, uh, you can show up in mismatch gear and a ratted out, you know, Nighthawk 750 and we'll think you're cool because it's how you ride. Yeah. And it's your, it's your attitude. Um, and, uh, I, it may come as a surprise to you, but I do get accused of Harley bashing quite a lot. But the reality is I also bash sport bike squids. I also yeah. bash scooterist riders and sorry, but anything on three wheels, it, it, it's a sucker, <laughs> sucker too, <laughs> except I just find the Harley community is most sensitive to that. And what I'm making fun of are the people who think that it's, if you have the right gear or the right yeah. bike that you're buying your way into the community, yeah. I want people to know it's, not, it, I don't think any community measures you by what you roll up on. I think it's it's how you ride and how fun or cool you are to hang out with. Yeah, the cool, Would you guys agree? I would agree. Yeah, but exactly. The coolest thing for me is somebody who, it doesn't matter what they're riding, but somebody who owns it. Like, that's their ride. Yeah. That's their bike. Like, John's a good example. His, his, the first spider he had was, was kind of him. You know, it, it fit him. It suited his style at the time. But when he got the second one, the, the blue F3, that is, that is John and he's rocking it. You know, he's owning that spider and that's the coolest thing to see. Like you said, regardless of what he's on, that's his ride. Yeah. And, and to go back real quick, something that Liza said about new riders and showing up, 
I guess the one other thing I'll say for a new rider, if you show up and there's a guy that's been riding for 40 years, yeah, go up and talk to him. Let him follow you. Listen to what he might tell you. Take it to heart and listen to what he's telling you because, you know, you might be new. He has riding experience that he could tell you these things. And once, you know, open your eyes up. I mean, Rico did the same thing with me with doing stuff. It's just listen to somebody that has more experience than you have. Um, and, and be willing to listen. If you're going to get out there and you're not going to listen to them, and you're going to go, oh, they don't know anything. I'm going to do what I know. I mean, and, and I guess the other big thing that we always say and going what Liza saying, ride your own ride. It's something that one of our guys say. Don't go into like following Rico. Like we'd followed him up to Dimeback on the Indian hole and butt. We couldn't keep up with him. Yeah, we just let him go. I mean, we'll meet we, you at the lodge. To, we would, <laughs> we, we've been in a ditch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. You're right. So can I throw something out there? Um, and no. just kind of, no, you thank can't. you. <laughs> <laughs> Easy three. No, Easy. Um, I want to, I want to flip around what you're saying though. Um, the reason I started the garage is I felt a responsibility to my community to help. And I knew that I could easily help out new riders and showing them how to ride. Um, but also it started because I knew a lot of people, and anyone who rides gets this. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, I know you ride. Hey, I, I want to get a bike. Can you help me get a bike? Sure. What's your budget? <laughs> yeah. I got about 500 bucks. <laughs> Okay. Here's the problem. You're going to buy a $500 bike and it's going to need new tires. It's going to need new battery. It's going to need all this stuff, right? You don't have the money for that. You can't pay the 350 to get the carbs cleaned. And so it's going to park. And as it's parked now, the brakes are going to seize up and more and more things are going to go wrong. And you're never actually going to ride that $500 bike. So instead, tell you what, I'll show you how to do all those things. Let's clean the carbs. Let's rebuild the master cylinder, the calipers. This is easy. I can help keep these old bikes on the road, keep them from getting parked in a, in somebody's yard. And also I can help these people become better riders and better wrenches. And it, I, I just felt like I can do this. I can do this really easily. I should be doing this. I think other people should do it. And my, message has always been, I don't promote my garage. It's free. It costs me money. I I get it back in spades by building a community. I can't tell you how rewarding that is, but I've always tried to encourage others to do the same. I think we have a responsibility to the writing community to mentor. And, you know, when you see that kid at the 7-Eleven with a bald patch on the tire and like (laughs) pat him on the back, go up to him and say, Hey, um, Dude. you know, you, you know, you need a new tire. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Well, tell you what, you know, I know, uh, this guy who races and he'll sell his takeoffs for 15 bucks mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, let me introduce you to him, you know, cause we know how to help these people affordably. We've learned the trick. So my thing is to, um, encourage others to do what I do and to help more people. And then that also, goes in hand with the uh, give a shift that Robert Panja started in nice. saying that if we want to, um, if I mean, we say if we want to save motorcycling, a lot of people say motorcycling isn't dying. It will come back. It's like any other market that's in a slump. However, it is affecting us. 
because here in Santa Cruz, we have lost all of our dealerships mm-hmm. and we've lost all of our shows that used to come around. And uh, we just found out that an event that we go to got canceled because it lost its last big sponsor. So because as these shops and, and, and everybody is folding, it's trickling down. Yeah. And it is hurting us. So I would also say to any riders out there to be on the lookout for opportunities to help and assist and bring in new riders into our community. I think it's up to us to, to build a bigger and better community and Great. we need to start, start with us. The, the wrenching is cool. We always talk about it from a, either a therapeutic standpoint or part of the bonding experience with a motorcycle that just gets strengthened as you work on the bike and, and part of making it your own as well. But that's a great point about if someone only has $500 to spend, like you said, that bike is not rideable. And if you only have 500, you probably don't have another thousand to get it, to buy all the stuff and get it to the dealership and get it working the way it should be. That's another bonus for wrenching is if you can do the work yourself, it's just parts. And if the parts are used, there you go. But you know what's really fun? Buying a $500 old bike and fixing it up with your friends. Yep. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We talked about that in the clubhouse this week. Um, Chris Geis, who has ridden with us on our group ride before, he has a new, he's a new rider, he's an older gentleman with a new bike, and he's starting to wrench a little bit. And that's what we talked about. We said, you know, get a, get a basket case. You know, get a $500 bike and bring that thing to life. You'll, you'll never sell that bike. That will be your bike forever. And you want to talk about how to build a community? Get that project and invite your friends to come over. Yes, bring your neighbor you work over. on it. Yeah. What you're doing is you're, you're saving a bike from you know, impending death. Yep. And you're learning and empowering um, one another in, and how to build and wrench and, and modify. And, and, and you may then also be supplying an affordable bike that's safe to somebody. You know, that's the thing. Um, Again, I think we need to be more responsible for the the newer riders in our community and 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 help them more. Agree. So that that's what I'm trying to get. I I always try and encourage people to do it, and it seems like a big risk. And people say, "Well, how do you afford the insurance? What insurance?" It's like, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. No, yeah. you know. But if anybody has a garage of tools, you can do what I do. Get a project bike. It's fun. And and build your own community. You don't necessarily need to go out and find a community. You can meet you can build. people or put an ad out and say, hey, anyone want to join me? And it's amazing uh, how good of friends you can build over a project. Very cool. Yes, indeedy. Now, where do we go from there? <laughs> yeah, that that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool, that's, that's a great idea. And, uh, we want how to move, pass it forward, right? Exactly. That, yeah. I mean, what are the chances that how, how many new writers are actually listening to this show and taking the advice? I don't know, but how many experienced writers are listening that can do more to help the community? That's who I, who I want to reach to reach out to. Yeah. Amen. Good. Preach, girl. Preach. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I don't know about about you guys, but 
I guess maybe final thoughts on that. We have some other fun things we need to play tonight. We need to get Liza's eight days a week, if you want to play that. Yeah. And John has a sound clip, which he swears is going to be fun this week. And we'll go through that. Anything, any final thoughts there, John? No, I think, I think we nailed it on the head and we'll put on the show notes of, you know, apps that we use or groups that we have found throughout use what Liza does and what I, we do here within, um, law pipes within the, with our little group and what we've experienced through our time as well. And, you know, get out there and listen to everybody and just enjoy it. The community, I mean, I guess that's one thing that got me going into it so late was just talking about it and Rich and talking about the camaraderie and coming in and it was so awesome to just see the community and how much they accept you no matter what you do. So Yeah, we we brought John into the community through the show. So we originally brought him in as a sort of a fact checker as Rico and I were talking. He could be looking up stats in the background and helping us keep things straight. And then of course he bought a bike in sixteen. April yes. of 16, drop that news on us. May, May, oh, yeah. That was a big bomb. Big, big bomb, bomb, John. Thanks for that. Yeah. So you guys birthed a new rider. We did. Yeah. As through, hey. or just through the show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. We just have to get, we just have to saw one wheel off that thing. We're still working on it. <laughs> I, I think it was when John was trailing us to one of the Barbara events. Mm-hmm. I don't know, John, what were you thinking in your car when me and Rich were riding, you were carrying all our crap. Were you thinking then that, you know what, I want to get out there and ride too? What, what was it? No, I think, and, and I go back to it, it was the show that we had Deb, the fashionista, on and talking about the long distance riding. That that night, I was just like, oh, you ate so, that so up. much fun. I ate that up. And 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 it makes sense now. You, you're the long rider. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And Liza, I'm planning on, hopefully if all goes right, I'm planning on coming out your way not. October, so I will be out here in October, but in July I'm heading out your way. Okay. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you guys attend, but we're going to be riding out to Ohio for AMA Vintage Days at in Mid Ohio. It's it's an amazing event. It's like Burning Man for for old Hondas. Nice. It, it's awesome. Huh. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been to that one. Oh, it's huge! It's the largest swap meet in the country. It's got racing of every kind all happening simultaneously in this big compound. It's amazing. Sounds a lot like the like the Barber Vintage Festival. Yep, like that. And this is a big fundraiser for the AMA as well. Which we will all be members of, right, John? Yes. <laughs> yes, everyone should be a member of the AMA. I looked it up. All right, Rico, parting thoughts there? Right on, brother, right on. Right on. Do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Liza. Anything else before we move it forward? No, just uh, you know, it's just about finding a community of of writers. There's a lot of different communities, and you there's all different types out there. But I also encourage people to explore. I mean, here in our garage, um, we do you know long distance rides, and then we'll do dirt biking, and then we'll do a track day. And then we'll go to, you know, an event like a show or a museum and look at old bikes. I mean, I like to encourage people to branch out and try it all. And then, you know, we also, I have some scooters too. And sometimes we like to do scooter rides, you know? 
do it all. It all counts. It's all fun. And there's a community for everyone there. Agree. Yeah. And I guess my final thought is just, you know, approach other riders, regardless of what they're riding. That's the biggest thing I found over the years is yes, I may ride a Harley, but that doesn't mean I won't ride with other people ride with anybody. It doesn't really matter. And just approaching someone else at a gas station, it's, you know, it's often refreshing just to talk to other riders and get different perspectives and you may end up following them up the highway for a piece. So, but do you wave at scooters? I wave at everybody. Just, okay. There just as, as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm like Rico, unless I'm doing a wheelie, then of course, no, I pay attention. <laughs> you can still do it. You can still wave when you got the front wheel. Yeah, in the you air. Still wave. yeah easy. All right. Well, let's take a moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. The Slack Pack is Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. We've got Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Chad, James, Bronco Ride, and Rich make up the riders group. And Darren and Liza are the insiders. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you're not a member of the Riders of Loud Pipes, check it out, loudpipes.net slash donate. We have a new website now, a whole new platform underpinning the podcast. We hope the transition went well for everyone. We didn't hear anything, so we hope that was smooth. And take a look at the support levels we have there to offer. We do have the one-time donations as well. And of course, 50 or more will send you a t-shirt. Okay, not really a U-turn topic, but timing-wise, I think we're doing well. We finished our the last segment of our new rider series, covered uh, finding your community. I thought that was a great conversation. And now we want to get Liza's eight days a week. So we'll give the backstory again. The thing is, seven things to ride or drive, fly, pilot, whatever, planes, boats, doesn't matter, preferably bikes, but it can be anything, and one project. So something to work on, something to wrench, something to make yours. I've got 10 bikes and two cars already. So you're saying uh, I got to pair it down? That's the problem. Yeah. We're only allowing you to have seven. Money's no object, but you have to limit it to seven. My, well, seven is quite, um, yeah, so, seven is easy. My thing is that um, mine is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. It all depends. Because like I said, I like to try different things. Um, you know, I'm getting a little more into adventure riding about a new bike and I've done touring, you know, and I'm dirt biking. So it, it always changes and morphs. So it just depends on what the next adventure is. I can tell you though, um, when I was living back East, my family was out here in Santa Cruz and they were trying to lure me back to California. My parents said, Hey, we found this great property that we think that you should buy here in town. And it was a 500 square foot geodesic dome house with a 2000 square foot garage with its own bathroom. That's what I'm talking about. And I was like, now that's, that's the right ratio. If you ask me. (laughs) Perfect. Right, Rico. (laughs) 
sadly saw someone else bought it and they tore down that garage and built like condos there. No way. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. But um yeah, so I'm I mean the so, so right now if I I'll tell you what I have right now. I've got three Honda Elite scooters. So maybe so I can get rid of two of those. <laughs> I got two 125s and a 250. Um I've got my um DR350 plated dirt bike and my DRZ400 dirt bike. I could get rid of one of those. I could live with one. I've got my uh KTM 990 Super Duke and my KTM 990 SMT. That Super that Duke I just looks bought. cool by the way. So I'm, I'm, I've actually got the super Duke for sale because the SMT gives me the same, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, huh. um, I got my Kawasaki versus, which I think is just a great all around bike that can do anything. It's my backup. If I need it for touring or for carving the Hills or going shopping or loaning to somebody who's visiting. And, uh, and then I've got my project bikes, which I can't get rid of. And that one of them is a 79 XS 750 uh, triple. It's a street tracker Okay. that I built. Um, it's just too cool. I can't sell it. And then <laughs> I, have, I, I have a project bike right now that is mid-project. And for me, a project usually lasts about three years. So okay. <laughs> I'm one, one year into this project. And that is a 2006 Kawasaki Concourse. Oh, nice. ZG1000 that um, I completely stripped down and cut the subframe off. And I'm turning it into something completely different. Because um, they're actually a great project bike. And people don't think of them. It's, it's got the monoshock and the drive shaft. Um, so it's really clean on you know back end and, mm-hmm. and take take everything off the back end. And it's got this giant ZG1000 motor that um, it, it just, it, it's a great, it's a great heart that just keeps beating. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. these bikes are not worth that much. No. So 2006 was the last year before they changed them over. So as I said, it's um it's a 12 year old, 30 year old bike. Right. Because of the generation. Yeah. Right. So a 2006, which is still, you know, uh, within the range of a good, you know, reliable bike, they're only worth like two to three grand tops, maybe. And if you get one that's, you know, been down, they're not worth that much. 1800 maybe for a big bike that you can chop up. What a great project. So I'm trying to figure out what that's going to become. Mm. You're definitely going to strip it down though, right? You're not, you're gonna oh, it's keep all the... stripped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and when you strip it down, the front end it's actually pretty clean forks. A lot of sport bikes, when you um, take off all the fairings, it has a awkward front end. But um, no, this one is a nice clean front end. I can just put some headlight for uh, ears on there. Yeah, and throw a seven inch bucket. Nice. And I've actually got a Vulcan fifteen hundred tank welded onto it, which is um, a really wide, low profile tank. But it's just as wide as the engine, so it it actually looks good. Nice, yeah. And you had a ch- you had a chopper back in the day, didn't you? Like a proper yeah, chopper. I built I built a proper chopper with a panhead engine, and 
Yeah, Chica frame, and uh, it was a six-over Paco Springer. Um, mm. It was a yeah two fifty rear. Oh yeah, that was that was a crazy bike. I called it my albatross. Nice. It, it it looked it looked so cool, but unfortunately, it hot, was hot mess to ride. Rusty. It was it was rusting in my garage. Um, yeah, I live so close to the ocean, and when you build something with that much chrome, mm. and it was just killing me. Uh, that you know, I built it just to be beautiful, it, not not to be a great riding bike, just to be beautiful. Right. It sucked though. Every time I'd ride it, something would fall off. <laughs> <laughs> But I looked good doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Good list. I like that one. So, yeah, I think right now I have a good list. I think, yeah, I always have everything I want. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's Usually. the advantage of having the, the, the garage and the community. It's lots of access, lots of parts. But, like, how, how many bikes do each of you have? I mean, seven is a really generous number. It's a pretty, it's a pretty darn good list. I only have two. Guys, yeah. <laughs> And John, how many bikes do you have? One. He just has the one spider. Enrico? I had two till I sold one to somebody. What is wrong with you guys? One oh, and two uh, bikes? What? Yeah, I know. I know. And we we talked about that, having a couple bikes in the stable. And When I added the third one, my wife was like, um, you can't ride all three of them. So, <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me okay, is well, that you have impulse control? Yeah, basically. Not really. I would just say I have a, a I, damper I that kind of an external damper. <laughs> or wait, or do you have someone else who controls the checkbook? Uh, <laughs> maybe somewhat. Okay, that makes sense. Uh. That see, yeah, I know I am not a good representative for the community, and unfortunately, a lot of the people who come into my garage, they look at me as as oh yeah, I'll just do what she's doing, and like. Jim, who I said has only been riding like three years. I think he's got, he's got six bikes now. Nice. And I, I try and tell people like, no, no, I'm a really bad influence. Really? <laughs> you should show much more control. <laughs> it's no really just as many one. bikes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have two bikes again, though. I, I enjoyed that when I had the KLR is that I could ride that if I wanted to wrench on the Harley and vice versa. And plus that got me in the dirt. And then when I sold that, I kind of missed it. So now I have Rico's R6. That's my second bike. Yeah, and sometimes I kind of miss having um, a cruiser. I mean, I've had a Roadstar and I've had a Road King as well. And those are fun with the right people. And, you know, especially for touring, the Road King is great for mm -hmm. that. Um, but my rule, and, and this may not make sense since I just gave you the list of all my bikes. My rule is every bike has to have a purpose. You can't have two things that do the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. I can't have two cruisers. I break the rule on the Honda elites, but that's because one of the 250 is a very low mileage 87. It's a beautiful bike I got from a museum. Mm. One of the 150s is the shop bike that anyone can use to go do run errands. And then the other one is the other shop bike for when we're doing races. Nice. We, we do chariot races where we drag um, people on monkeys on milk crates behind the scooters uh, around a parking lot. So it served its purpose. If someone wants to get an old scooter to work on, what's the best platform? 
Uh, as far as like parts availability and easiest to work on and things like that. You don't really have to work on old scooters. That's a thing. Well, if it's running, yeah. it'll probably keep running as long as you change the oil <laughs> and put gas in it. I mean, there's not much to do. Change the belt every now and then or brake pads. Um, honestly, I bought my scooters. Like I paid $500 for my first 125. And then the next week took it on a 200 mile ride of which, um, people were yelling at me cause I didn't even bother to check the oil level level or the air pressure. And it turns out I only had eight pounds of pressure in one of the tires, but I'm like, yeah, that's good. Let's just go ride. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> it's fine. Roll it down the road. Honestly, I don't think I've checked the oil in the last two years on that one, but it keeps going. Okay. But you know, if somebody wants a project, then, I mean, you can look at getting, you know, a vintage Vespa or Lambretta and those are really cool. I mean, those are really cool. Get something with, you know, a clutch transmission. Two stroke. Oh yeah. Two stroke. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Smoke up the neighborhood. Exactly. Exactly. That's something I wouldn't mind a two stroke Lambretta race scooter. Mm. That would be badass. I'm going to add that to the list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no one's put that one up there yet. No, No, for me. All right, we've exactly. we got to play our sound clip. I think uh, Brother Hogan's going to be asleep here soon. Yeah. Right. Well, hang on, hang on. Before you do that, yes, I got some. I, I got to share something. Okay. You know what tonight is, right? It's the uh, first night of flat track. Correct. The race is over. It's over. It's over. No spoiler already. Yeah. Would you like the news? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Indian one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Incorrect. And eight. What? And nine. In, incorrect. Incorrect. No? Kawasaki? Well, Indian came in first. Okay. Yay! Sorry. Yamaha came in second. Okay. Kawasaki came in third. Oh. Kawasaki came in fourth. Then an Indian. Then a Yamaha. And Did Harleys even race? Did they even show up? Oh, hand Harley's down here at eleventh. They're still coming around the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Kawasaki's aren't those the Versus? No, they're the Ninja Six Hundreds. Uh, next, because I, I know some people are are flat tracking the Versus. Mm. Yeah, so it's the FZ07. Uh, guy was uh, so Mies won it, and was only by point four. Mm. Oh, about half a second. So, so Harley's picking up where they were last year, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Which is at the back somewhere. Yeah. So it's just okay, a, Harley. Just just uh share some late upgrading news. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, John. No problem. All right, well, we've got to play a little game and then we'll get into the downshift. We'll let Hogan get off to ninety nine. See what that golf will do to you. You gotta stop playing that game. It's bad for you. Too much fresh it's air. Bad for you. Too much fresh air. Well, John has a sound clip, and since you guys made fun of me the last two weeks telling me my game sucks, we let John pick the sound this week. So the way this game works, and Liza's welcome to play if you want, we have to select, or you have to say whether it's a aftermarket or stock exhaust, that'll give you a point. If you can pick the brand, that's a point. If you can name the bike itself, that's another point. But most importantly, for loud pipes, if you can identify the manufacturer of the pipes, that's three points. 
because that's important. The sound of the bike. <laughs> She's what, like, can whatever. I, can I ask where the, where this sound is obtained? YouTube. Is that where yours came from? Okay. YouTube? Yes. Okay. So yeah. it could be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. Anything. Yes. So the okay. first, the first week I had a, a Moto Guzzi Adache with aftermarket exhaust. Nobody guessed anything. No, I knew it was aftermarket exhaust. Okay, you got one point. And then last week was a Ducati Hypermotard, also with aftermarket yep. exhaust. Yep. All this right. is a cool, cruel game. <laughs> it is cruel because is there's so cruel. many similar bikes. <laughs> but it's fun to hear them complain about it. All right, John's selection. Here we go. First things first, stock or aftermarket? I say aftermarket. Rico? Aftermarket. Aftermarket? Yeah, aftermarket. All correct. Oh, all right. Uh, let's see. The make. I'm thinking that's a Kawasaki. Rico? Indian. Indian? No. I was actually going for something even weirder, like Valkyrie. Mm. Valkyrie? I know it yeah. sounds, I mean, it sounded like a big twin. But I was thinking it could just be a just a big engine bike like a Valkyrie. True. Okay. John, is that right? It's a Yamaha. It is a Yamaha. What? Okay. Get the hell out of here. Raider? Incorrect. Rico? Crap. Uh, <laughs> well, is it a Roadstar? Incorrect. Yeah, Roadstar. Not a Redliner. Not a Warrior. Nope. No. Shadow. No, that's a Honda. Uh, um, uh, um, Goldwing. <laughs> Goldwing. He said Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, is it? Is it at least within the last? Was it produced in the last ten years? Yes. Because they changed. It was okay. So, uh, and you said Raider, and it's got a what big twins? The it was. It's part of the the Starline. Is all their big twins, and. I'm not sure what they're doing now. The Raider, the Roadliner, they've changed the names. It, it can't be a small V Star. It's got to be like a. It's got to be at least like a 1300. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, the Raider's what, 1900 or something? What is the Raider? That's a big one. Uh, well, you said it's not a Raider, so never mind. Nope. A Raider. Yeah, yeah I'm shocked. All, all right. What you got to tell it? us. Go ahead. Wait a minute. It's not like a Tenere or something. No. All right. Well, that's parallel. Well, he said we'd be shocked. I well, was yeah. Going out on I would end. be shocked. If that was a tenor, I would be shocked. <laughs> what is it, John? It's Yamaha Bolt. Bolt? That is a uh, what? Bolt? What? Get out of here. With... Yeah, I, I like those bikes. I think they're a good-looking bike. Yeah, they are. And I think and I the like exhaust is just cut off. I think they're very transformable. I like the program, how you can make it what you want it to be. Yeah. I thought yeah, they did a good good job with that bike. It is a good looking yeah. bike. 
I say, I say there's no exhaust. They just lop the mufflers off straight pipes. Oh, that sounded like a, like a Vance and Hines or something. Rico. Nah, that's uh, two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, hang on before you go there. Is he I honestly thought about doing that, <laughs> but I knew you guys would get that. So I didn't do it. <laughs> Oh, you zombie. That that is a really I Oops, not that one. Huh. In the middle part, I was almost thinking sports. When it was revving, I was almost thinking of sports. But then I'm like, ah, the local's not there. It sounds kind of like a fart in the back. <laughs> yeah, a fart in the yeah, back. You can hear the yeah. echoing. <laughs> so be, before the revs come up, you you know it's not a Harley, but yeah, I couldn't place it. I was thinking Kawasaki Vulcan 800. That was was my specific exact specific guess. So what kind of pipes does it have? It's uh, Bassini. Bass, Bassini. Oh, Bassini. I forgot about those. Bassini mm. uh, radio r- radio sweepers. Well, don't hurt yourself. Well, uh, well, wait, what kind of tips? Does it got turnouts? Turnout, turn down? You got to guess what kind of tips it's got. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said there were sweepers, right? So they must be uh, yeah. down? No? Right. <laughs> yeah, their sweepers are pretty much stocked off. They're pretty much cut off. Um, It came with a guy I ride with here locally. He just put them on him, and it's freaking loud. Oh, so you know the bike. This is not even just random YouTube like me. No, this was, I, I had an idea. I had another bike I was going to do, but. All right. I I decided not to do that one. Hey, can I can I throw one back at you guys to try real quick? Yeah. All right, okay. ready? Here it go. Here it goes. Okay, what was that? Uh, zero uh, DSR. You got it. <laughs> 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 or it was an Alta MX uh, something rather. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those are fun, by the way. Lots of fun. Oh yeah, you know we are in the land. In the land of the electric I'm... out here. Yep. Oh yeah, we got them all out here. Where I'm actually just not too far away from zero. Cool. You take them out in the desert or out in off road? No. Um. When I've borrowed them, I just done you know rides around like to Hollister and uh, just street rides, group rides, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Rico and I rode them a couple years ago. It's been a while now, but. A lot of fun. Things are going to be changing next year. I can't say very much. We're all waiting for the live wire. Be changing. You know, and I, and I know we're like going on a tangent, but I just want to say I thought that the live wire was a very good looking bike, yeah. regardless of who made it and regardless of it being electric or gas or whatever. I thought it was a good looking bike, but I don't think you're going to see that bike. That's a shame. That bike doesn't exist. That's a shame. Well, I mean, Alta has been brought on board to make it. Um, so it's going to be completely a new design, everything, but that was a good looking bike. I gave, I give kudos to Harley for coming up with that. Yeah. They need to make that. Sell me one of the prototypes. I'll still, I'll still ride it. Yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> that, that we'll have to save that for another day. Another day. That is the big question I've been asking people. When Harley comes out with their electric bike, is the Harley community going to be the one that supports them? Or are they just going to be finding a whole new community of riding electric Harleys? Because I don't know that many Harley riders that want to give up, you know, a big twin. 
Oh, I'm not giving up anything. I just, I just want it in the garage. It's an, it'll be another bike for me. I'm curious to see how many new, new buyers they bring into the market or how many existing Harley riders buy it. Cause I personally don't think that the Harley community will support it that much. All starts of the dealers. Yeah. If the dealers yeah. don't support it. It'll die just like Buell. And then that's fine. I mean, I think that's a better move for Harley Yeah. to branch out and bring in more styles of riders. Agree. That's, that's how you save Harley. You know, as much as people think that I make fun of Harley, it is still, it's our American motorcycle company and I still have pride in it because of that. And I always say, I have no problem with Harley. I just have a problem with the riders. Yeah. It's still, it's still big. It's still nearly 50%. So. Yeah. But they still make something that is cool and that is American. And there is a lot of pride in that. I think Emma said it best. Harley doesn't build an ugly bike. (laughs) Recently, <laughs> she did. That's too. a lie. I was like, "That a girl." That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. All right, John, you want me to do the events real quick? Sure, you can hit. Buzz on down. Yep. The next event coming up is a whole lot of fun. This will be the second annual congregation show, April 14th. That'll be a lot of old choppers, some bobbers, some hot rods. They're bringing in more cars this year. That's put on by Prism Supply and Dice Magazine. That's a fun show. Liza, we've got our own little, I guess it's not exactly like hand-built or OG, but it's fun. It's a fun gathering of vintage bikes. Cool. That's where you find your community. That's where you find your community, absolutely. And it's it's a fun crowd, too. It's a cool scene to hang out. Lots of choppers. And not just the stuff on display. People that just ride in and and view the show. Cool bikes to see. I love that kind of stuff. I do. I love uh, encouraging people to try new things. Don't make something just because you think it's cool, but throwing stuff on there that maybe isn't cool and making it cool. Yeah, make you know? it yours. Yeah, I like that. Oh, by the way, you didn't ask me what my birthstone bike is. Okay. I have one. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Birthstone. Aren't you dying, aren't you dying to know? I am. Yep. And I'm not going to say what year it is. But I'll tell you, it's the first year they came out with this bike. The first year of that bike? Okay. Cheating already. The first year that they came out with this bike. This was an amazing bike. The MV Augusta 503. I can look that one up. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was was a race bike. It It was made to beat the Hondas. And you had um, Agostini, he rode the 503 to seven consecutive 500cc World GP Championships. That was a badass bike. Oh, look at that thing. Okay. That's my birthstone bike right there. That is cool. Look at that. What year is that, Rich? (laughs) There's a range. There's a range. (laughs) (laughs) Mid-60s to mid-70s what it says top speed 162 mile per hour in line three look at that oh yeah triples are badass they probably got one of these at barber they have one of everything else i'm sure cool now you can think of me when you see it at barber absolutely oh john now i need two in a cup don't i <laughs> i'm slacking <laughs> all right let's see what else your 
East Coast Meetup for Moto Amino is June 9th. Wake Forest, Capital Power Sports. Should Correct. be a good time. Yes. Um, and you don't have to be on the Moto Amino app to join that. You can still partake. Partake. Cage if you were in it. Whatever you want to come. Come hang out. Meet us. You know, we got a little ride planned. So it's going to be a good time. And the third annual Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge is going to be June 21st through July 11th. And you can win this bad boy if you're. Now, now let's see if Liza can see. Gallagher, look at the top. That's a, that's a good looking truck. I've been staring at it the whole time. Been she needs to really it. look at that. She needs to really look at that. Do you notice those uh, pistons and the. Uh, the rods? Do they look yeah, familiar? Let, let me tell you something. I've been staring at the screen the whole time, and I could either, I could either, I had two options. I could stare at Rich, or I could stare at the trophy behind him. Which one do you think I've been staring at? The trophy. Do you know what the, those came out of? What model Harley they came out of? <laughs> yeah. Um, those are pretty low. I don't know. Shovel. What? What they come out of? That's a, pan a panhead. Head. All right, a pan. There you go. Yep, they actually came out. Uh, the history behind it was a customer. My my wife delivers mail, and one of her customers came out of his bike that he was riding in the engine seized up. So they are a little toasted. Yeah, you can see how hot the the bottom parts of them were. Scorched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. That was warm. He said it seized up twice. He let it cool down and got it going again. <laughs> so there's a little history on that trophy. <laughs> that's pretty so that's, funny. There's a little history nice. behind that trophy, so that's why it's kind of like cool. Yep. All right, and then our last event, we'll talk about, actually, two more events, sorry. So our first annual Loud Pipes Meetup, July 13 and 14, Gettysburg, PA. And last but not least, the 14th annual Barber Vintage Festival, October 5th through the 7th. And then John's going where? West Coast? I'm playing the West Coast. So it all depends on we get tickets to go to AIM. Okay. Get on that. Oh yeah. I'm I'm planning on hitting that up too. Well, that's my plan. Be a big party. Nice. Uh, well y'all should I'm waiting for should, Rich to get me tickets. He's in charge <laughs> of the tickets. You should throw on your calendar uh July um sixth, seventh, and eighth for the AMA vintage days in Lexington, Ohio. The number one most common bike seen there. The Honda Trail 70. Nice. It's like they all went to Ohio. Nice. It's crazy. <laughs> Did you have one, Rico? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, real quickly here, I would like to again thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you feel the show is providing you some value, we just encourage you to check out loudpipes.net slash donate. And we do the show as often as we can, Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join us at loudpipes.net slash live. We have a chat room there on the live stream. You can mix it up with other riders and with us on the show. John keeps a half an eye on that when he can. And we use the mm-hmm. Mixler platform for that. They have an app. You can get notified when we go live and tune in weekly. If you can't support the show monetarily, we understand. Just head on over to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a little rating or a review. It does help us to reach other riders. Puts a little fuel in our tank as well. Additional information from this episode, including links and images, can be found on the website, the new and improved website, loudpipes.net slash 122. 
We have links to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and drag my feet. Follow us on social media. And thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Brother Hogan, kick hands up. Let's do this, Brutus. All right. Johnny John? Everyone ride safe. Okay. And Liza gets the last word. Keep the rubber side down or up, whatever you're into. Just wear the right gear. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.